0: Adventures of the Shadow are on the air, brought to you each week by the Blue Coal Dealers of America. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. Before the Shadow begins today's adventure, here's a suggestion to householders. If you haven't been satisfied with the kind of heat and home comfort you've been getting this winter, now's the time to try a ton of Blue Coal. Yes, there are still plenty of chilly days and cool nights ahead. So now is your chance to see how steadily and evenly blue coal burns. How healthful and comfortable it keeps your home during this changeable weather. Order a supply of blue coal from your neighborhood dealer tomorrow. The shadow, mysterious character who aids the forces of law and order, is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. As the Shadow, Cranston is gifted with hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible Shadow belongs. Today's drama, one of the Shadow's most thrilling adventures, Murder from the Grave.
1: That's him there. Walking towards the corner. Yeah. Pulling closer to the curb. Okay, okay. Wait, till we're right beside him, see? Yeah, I know. All right. Let him have it. Right over here,
2: Doc. All right. Well, here he is, what there is left of him. Yeah. They did a pretty complete job, officer. Yeah, he must have stopped every slug they threw at him. He's still breathing, though, and I don't know why. Well, we'd better get him to the hospital at once. Here, give me a hand with him, will you? Okay, but it looks to me like a waste of time. Well, what's the story, Doc? DOA officer, dead on arrival. Yeah, I figured that. Well, better make any report. You want to send him to the city morgue or hold him here at the hospital? I'll check headquarters and find out. Yes. Gangster, isn't he? might say so. Do you recognize him at all? Well, now, how can I answer that? The guy ain't got hardly no face left, has he? Right,
3: good evening, Dr. Henry.
2: Oh, hello, Dr. Metzger. What brings you down here to the receiving room?
3: Uh, just keeping in touch with the activities of the hospital.
2: Well, what have you there? A gang shooting, Doctor. He seems to be well perforated. Yes, especially the face. it has been just about shot away. Yes, so I see. He died on the way to the hospital. So... Uh, mind if I have a look at him? No, doctor. Oh, go ahead.
3: I'm going to use your phone, doc. I'll be right back. All right, officer. Dr. Henry. Yes? Did I understand you to say that you have pronounced this man dead? Why, why, yes, doctor. I'm afraid you were mistaken. What? This man is still alive. Why, Dr. Metzger, I couldn't feel any pulse. Can i no tell heart you, he I... is alive. Ring for the elevator at once. But, oh, doctor, As I tell I say, you I... this man is to be brought to my laboratory. Hurry, doctor. There's no time to lose. Dr. Henry speaking. Hello, this is Dr. Metzger. Oh, yes, doctor. That patient, the man who was brought to my laboratory, is alive and can be saved.
2: Why, why, that's unbelievable, doctor. Nevertheless,
3: it is true. But
2: what about his face? His face has been shot away, doctor. I
3: intend to give him a new face. Now, listen to me, Dr. Henry. I want a general order given to all in the hospital that I am not to be disturbed for the next six weeks. Uh,
2: Yes, sir. All
3: of my meals and any surgical instruments or supplies that I might need... To be left outside of my door for that period, you understand? Uh,
2: yes, Doctor Metzger. I'd...
3: If these orders are carried out, I can tell you now, Henry, that in six weeks' time, I will bring forth a man who is whole again.
2: Doggone it, Jack! I just can't help it. Old man, curiosity is getting the better of him. And you've got to find out what goes on in Metzger's laboratory. Is that it? Yes. <laughs> He's been in there almost six weeks now, Jack. Imagine almost six weeks without telling anyone how his experiment is progressing. Say, does anyone even know if the patient is still alive? Yes, we do know that much. Metzger sent word to that effect to Doc Hawkins yesterday. Look, Sherlock, how do you plan to get into the laboratory? Well, when Metzger opens the door for this tray of food, Uh I'll just walk in with him, that's all. Good luck. Yes, I'll need it. Uh, Knock on the door for me, will you? Sure.
3: Hmm? Who is there?
2: Your food tray, Dr. Metzger.
3: Oh, thank you. Uh, Where do you want me to put... Uh, One moment. You believe the tray with me, Dr. Henry. I was just going to You were just going to try to gain entrance to my laboratory. (laughs) I'm aware of your intense curiosity, Henry. A curiosity that is shared by everyone else in this hospital. Ah, well. You can tell them all for me that my experiment is nearing completion. Very well, Doctor. If they wish, if they wish, they may come here to my laboratory tomorrow at noon. (laughs) And I shall reveal to them my finished product.
2: I don't know what we're waiting for uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Metzger Biner. asked us all to be here at noon today It's now quarter after I for one see no reason for waiting around any longer You're right, Henry Well, what'll we do? Well, we'll let him know we're here Dr. Metzger Dr. Metzger Why doesn't he answer? Well, there's only one way to find that out And that's by trying to get in the Door isn't locked I'll go look for him Uh, Dr. Metzger. Dr. Metzger? He must be in there. He's not out here. Lord. Come here, all of you. What is it? it? Look. Look, Look. there on the floor. Oh, holy. It's Metzger. He's dead. Yes. And it looks like murder. His face has been slashed. Look, here on the floor. A broken mirror. Where's the patient?
4: The man he was working on? There was
2: no one else in this room when I came in.
4: Well, then he's gone. Yes.
2: But not before he murdered Dr. Metzger. Oh.
5: Since that time, Lamont,
6: the police have learned nothing. Well, that's understandable, Dr. Hawkins. They really have nothing to work on.
7: You have no idea what this Mr. X looks like, have you, Dr. Hawkins?
6: No, we haven't,
5: Margot. Dr. Metzger did a plastic job on his face. Changed it completely. That's all we know.
6: Well, it's been 24 hours since the killing. The man has had ample time to get away and cover up his tracks. Yes.
7: I don't see how Lamont can do any more than the police have done, Doctor.
6: I
5: didn't ask Lamont to come here for that purpose, Margot. Oh, no? No, I... Well, I discovered something in Dr. Metzger's laboratory that I haven't even told the police about. Why not? Because it's something too fantastic for them to believe.
7: What is it, doctor?
5: Metzger's personal notebook, in which he recorded the progress of his experiment. I have it right here. What does this notebook contain? Well, the first entry was written the night the patient arrived in the hospital. Dr. Metzger wrote in the notebook at that time...
3: Tonight, I have at last but given the opportunity that I have been so patiently waiting for. The perfect subject for my experiment is at this very moment lying on a table before me. I have given him the first injection of the solution. The reaction was most successful. Now, the real work begins. What does all that mean, Dr. Hawkins?
5: you learn later, Lamont, just as I learned as I read further into the notes. The next entry of any importance came a week later. At that time, the doctor
3: wrote... Everything is progressing satisfactorily. Today, the patient has sufficient strength for me to begin the plastic work. I have found that best results can be obtained by giving injections of the solution every 24 hours. This is most important. Any period of time beyond this is
7: there. What is the solution that he keeps talking about?
5: I'm coming to that, Margot. I'll skip over the entries that follow. They deal mainly with a growing conflict between the patient and Metzger. A note of regret creeps into his writing. You sense that he's almost sorry for the work that he's done. Eventually, this conflict flames to open hatred. And in the last entry, written the night before he died, Dr. Metzger wrote...
3: May heaven have mercy on me for ever conceiving this work that I have done. The patient has now reverted to the vicious being that he has always been. Instead of having gratitude for what I have done, he shows only resentment. Tomorrow morning, I shall remove the bandages that cover his face. He has threatened me that if he is not pleased with my work, dire consequences will result. This, then, is the fruit of my labor. This is the price I pay for my great discovery. My discovery of a solution that literally brought a dead man back to life again. A solution. So
6: that's it. That was the secret solution. Yes.
7: But that's unbelievable, Dr. Hawkins. A solution that brings the dead back to life.
5: Metzger was a great scientist.
6: Nothing was impossible to him. Well, where is the solution now? I couldn't find it. I've searched everywhere in the laboratory. Then it's evident that the patient, knowing about it, took it with him. I'm afraid so. Well, I'd say you had good cause for alarm, Doctor. This killer who is now at large is a man returned from the dead. A man without a soul. Yes, that's true.
5: But uh, tell me, Lamont, have you gotten any clues from what you've just learned?
6: Only one. The broken mirror that was found near the doctor's body. Obviously, this mirror must have been shattered by the missing man. Why do you say that? He must have broken it in rage when he first saw his new face. Metzger must have made him sufficiently horrible to bring on this range. So we have only one clue to work on. A man with an incredibly ugly face.
8: Dr. Hawkins! Dr. Hawkins! What is it?
6: What is it? Come in.
8: Dr. Hawkins, something terrible has happened.
5: Well, what's wrong?
1: In the morgue. The hospital morgue, just a few minutes ago. Yes, what happened? A man with a gun came in. Forced me to take one of the bodies. A dead body out to a car. What? I
8: had to obey. Why didn't you call out for I, I was about to until I saw his face. His face, Dr. Hawkins. It was the most frightening thing I've ever seen. It wasn't human.
6: Doctor, I'd say our killer has made his first move. And I fear that it won't be his last.
0: While we're waiting for the curtain to rise in Act Two of Murder from the Grave, I want to ask you something. When the summer months come, what are you going to do for a supply of hot water? Would you be able to have all the hot water you want, when you want it, and will it be available at a cost within your budget? This is an important problem in many homes. That's why today, the Blue Coal Dealers of America are offering the latest in low-cost hot water heating equipment. They've given you the Blue Coal Automatic Heat Regulator. They've given you the John Barclay Home Heating Service. And now, in 1941 the same Blue Coal dealers bring you the equipment that provides all the low-cost hot water you want. Yes, the new Blue Coal Deluxe Water Heater that works automatically gives you more clean hot water than you can use. Think of it. Now, at last, you can have an abundant supply of clean hot water heated at just the right temperature and whenever you want it, all summer long. Phone your neighborhood dealer tomorrow and ask him about this new Blue Coal Deluxe Water Heater. Remember, it will pay for itself. In savings over the usual cost of summer hot water. And remember, too, when it comes to keeping your home warm and comfortable, there's no other fuel like blue coal. Give your dealer a call in the morning. His name is listed in the Where to Buy It section of your classified telephone directory under the words Blue Coal. Now, Act Two of Murder from the Grave. <laughs>
4: Put the slip in the car. Uh, yes, sir. We're getting to be regular customers, ain't we?
3: Uh, why do you do this? Why do you want these bodies?
4: You'll find out. Everybody'll find out very soon. This ain't our last visit to you, Mister Keeper. Uh, you'll be seeing us again. No,
3: no, you'll get me into trouble. Shut up.
4: I... All right, Eddie, step on the gas. Let's get out of here.
8: Extra, extra, another gangster's body kidnapped from the morgue here. Read all the time.
4: Uh, that particular pendant will cost you $2,000. Oh, I there see.
3: There we are. you? Well,
4: this is a stick-up. Oh, oh, what do you want with us? Oh, you can't get away with this. No, just watch us. Grab them rings, Eddie. Hi, right. Phil, take that tray of bracelets. Okay. Ah, That's all we need here. Wait a minute, boys. Before we blow, we ought to let the folks have a look at us for purposes of identification. Take off your mask, boys.
2: Oh, no. Oh, they're not
1: you. Oh, how horrible.
4: We ain't very pretty, are we? Well, nobody is. Once, they've been dead. Look, only three guards for a payroll over a hundred grand. Cut them off, Eddie. Squeeze them into the curb. Right. Good work. Come on, boys.
2: What do you guys think you're trying to do?
4: You'll find out soon enough, Buster.
2: You men stand where you are. We've got a tummy gun here.
4: Go ahead and use it, brother. Go ahead.
2: All right. You ask for Look! The bullets don't have any effect on them! They're still coming through the
4: armored <laughs> Don't you know better than to shoot at a mob that's already been dead?
6: <laughs> Let them have it, boys! Margot, the entire city has been terrorized by this mob of, well, ghouls. That's all you can call them.
7: Lamont, do you honestly believe that this gang consists of the... Dead men who were kidnapped from the different morgues?
6: Yes, Margot. There's no doubt of it. They've been sustained by Dr. Metzger's life-giving solution. Oh, how horrible. And so far, no one has been able to learn just where this gang is hiding out.
7: Well, what can be done, Lamont?
6: Well, one of the mob was captured by the police this afternoon. They've got him in the city jail.
7: Did he reveal anything?
6: No, he refused to talk. That is, to the police. But I have an idea that I might be able to get something from him.
7: I think I know what you mean, Lamont.
6: I think you do. I'm paying a little visit to his cell the shadow
1: why don't they come for me then all the cops have got me why don't they come (laughs) what was that
6: so your friends have deserted you eh
1: who's talking to me i must be getting stir crazy I don't see nobody.
6: You're not still crazy I've merely made myself invisible to you.
1: You made yourself invisible? Oh, I get it. The shadow's paying me a visit.
6: That's quite correct.
1: What are you doing here?
6: I've come to talk to you, to learn something about you and your companions.
1: Save your talk. I ain't saying nothing.
6: I know the horrible secret that you and your gang possess. The power that you have to bring life to the bodies of those already dead.
1: How'd you learn? (laughs) Where'd you ever dream up an idea like that?
6: I followed the activities of your leader from the day he killed Dr. Metzger and stole the life-giving solution.
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
6: Yes, you do. You're being foolish enough to remain loyal to your mob after they've deserted you.
1: That ain't true. Then why
6: haven't they tried to get you out of this jail? Certainly they must know that you'll soon need another injection of the serum. I...
1: What are you talking about?
6: I learned from Dr. Metzger's own journal that the life-giving solution must be injected every 24 hours. To go beyond this period without it means a return to the dead.
1: No. No, you're just trying to scare me.
6: How long has it been since you received your last treatment?
1: Yesterday. Just about this time.
6: Then its effect should be wearing off right now. We must act quickly. Tell me where the hideout is. And after dealing with your friends, I promised to bring back enough of the serum to keep you alive.
1: Are are you sure? You ain't handing me no line?
6: I swear it. Now, tell me the secret hiding place and just how many men there are.
1: Okay. Okay. About the men, the boss has only two henchmen left now. Phil and Marty. It's been getting harder to make snatches from the morgue. Besides, the boss don't want to waste the serum on us dead ones anyway. Only... Two days ago, he let one of the boys go back to the grave without a shot from the hypo. Believe me, Shadow, his face wasn't
6: pretty to see. Quickly now. Where's the hideout?
1: The hideout. Well, it... Hey, what's happening to me? I got a funny feeling in my head.
6: Quickly, man, quickly.
1: Buzzing. Tell me where the hideout
6: is. It's... It, I, I... How much better for them to have left you untouched... after death had claimed you the first time. Well, Margot, we're certain of one thing.
2: What's
7: that, Levant?
6: That our Mr. X, having built up his mob from the remains of notorious gangsters is now finding it difficult to get bodies of gangsters who, before they died, knew their trade. Correct. Also, he's obviously running low on Dr. Metzger's solution. He's letting his lesser helpers die without giving them injections.
7: Correct again.
6: Well, then, here's my plan. I'm going to ask Commissioner Weston to plant a story in all the newspapers that our notorious out-of-town gang leader, Dutch Carson, has just been killed by the police.
7: Who's Dutch Carson, Lamont?
6: A Middle Western mobster who dropped out of sight about a year ago.
7: Well, why are you doing all
6: this? To attract the attention of Mr. X. Then I shall arrange with the commissioner to be taken to the city morgue and be placed on a slab, as the body of the dead Dutch Carson. And unless I'm badly mistaken, Margot, within twenty-four hours the three missing ghouls will be back in their graves, and this time for good. <laughs>
8: Ready to stretch out on the slab, Mr. Cranston? All right, Tom. <laughs> you know, you're the first live stiff I ever had in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope
6: I remain that way.
8: Yeah.
6: And will you cover me over with a sheet, please? Yeah, sure.
8: sure. Hey, what's going to happen when these fellas find out you ain't a dead one, much less the missing Dutch Carson? <laughs> <laughs>
6: well, not Tom, huh? that's something I'd rather worry about when it happens, if you don't mind.
8: Yeah, well, I'm here to tell you I wouldn't touch your job. Quiet. Huh?
6: I hear footsteps outside the door.
8: Yeah, yeah, somebody's there. Yeah.
4: Who are you? Take a look at me, Pop. That ought to answer your question. You? Uh, you come again? Uh, yeah, uh, I told you I'd be paying you another visit. Well, uh, what do you want? I want the body of Dutch Carson. I got a little job he's going to do for me. Phil, huh? mix up a shot of a solution. Hey, it ain't time yet, boss. We don't need none for another hour. It ain't for us, stupid. It's for a new guy I just snatched out of the morgue. I got him in the next room. Yeah, but we're running low on his stuff. Mix it up, I said. We can use this guy. He's valuable. Huh? Who is he? Dutch Carson. Dutch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know him, but I heard of him. He's... And I don't know him either. But he was supposed to be one of the smarter boys in the Middle West until he disappeared about a year ago. What happened? I don't know, but what's important now is that we've got his buddy in the next room. Hey, what's that? What's going on out there? Come on, get inside, you! Hey, why'd you bring that dame in here, Marty? Well, I caught her snooping around outside trying to look in a window. <laughs> Maybe she was trying to cop a quick look at a couple of dead men, eh, boss? Interesting. What's the idea, girlie? Well, it
7: was just... A... Oh, your face.
4: Find something wrong with it?
7: You're the one. You're the one that killed Dr. Metzger.
4: Oh, so interesting. Where'd you get your information? Let me out of here. Not a chance. Now sit down like a lady like this.
7: You can't push me around like that. No,
4: well, I'm giving you a pretty good imitation, ain't I? Now, what were you doing outside? Who sent you here?
7: Oh, you're so clever. Why don't you find out? Who sent you here? Answer me. Oh, oh stop it. You're hurting oh. me. Come on, Lamont. Yeah, Lamont.
4: Now that won't do you no goodness, is it?
7: Lamont. Where is he? What have you done with him?
4: I asked you a question. Wait a minute. Done with who? Who are you talking about?
7: You brought him here. What have you done with him?
4: Hey, she must mean the stiff inside. Now, what is this? Who'd you bring here, boss? The body of Dutch Carson. Why? Dutch Carson? Yeah, I snatched him from the morgue. You heard of him, Marty? Heard of him? Are you kidding? A year ago, I buried Dutch Carson a load of concrete at the bottom of a river. I see. Then who did you bring here, boss? I don't know. Hold on to this damn. I'm soon going to find out. He's gone. The body is gone. It's a trap. The cops are behind us. One thing is sure, the guy is still in the house. Marty, go out and look around the grounds. Okay, boss.
7: And now, if you don't mind.
4: But I do mind. You're staying right here.
7: No, keep away from Give me. Give me that knife, Phil. No.
4: No. Sadly, <laughs> boss, here you are. What are you going to do? I'm going to carve that pretty face of yours to ribbons. No, don't. No, don't. Keep away. Get ready, sister. <laughs> who laughed? Not quite so fast, Mr. X. Hey, hey, what's happening? The... You're not
6: touching that girl. Hey, who done that? Who knocked that knife out of my hand? I did, Mr. X. Who's speaking? Where's that voice coming from? It's coming from the shadow. The
4: shadow, eh? Well, now, Shadow, this is one time you've stubbed your toe. Because even you can't do anything to get men.
6: You're wrong, Mr. X, because I know that you need an injection of Dr. Metzka's solution every 24 hours in order to continue living.
4: Yeah, and we aim to continue getting it.
6: I wouldn't be too sure of that.
4: What do you mean by that, boss?
6: I mean that I now possess the solution. You see?
2: Look. Look, the bottle hanging there in midair. He's got the solution.
6: Give me that bottle, Shadow. Oh, no. This is my hold on you, gentlemen. And I shall keep it until your allotted time expires. I shall watch you return to the dead again.
2: Get it away from him, boss, quick.
4: I'll get it, all right. We may not be able to see your Shadow, but we can see the bottle. Boss, put that gun away. That ain't the way to do it. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> now you've done it.
6: You hit the wrong target, Mr. X. Oh, you
4: broke it, boss. You broke the bottle. It spilled all over the floor.
6: Well, I didn't it mean look. to hit the bottle. I wanted to plug him. It comes. It comes. It comes. You'd better give up, Mr. X.
4: Oh, no, we ain't giving up. We still got another hour to live, Shadow. A lot can be done in that time. We're going to rip this town wide open just for luck.
6: Wait. You're staying here. Yeah, try and stop us. Margo, they've got an hour to spread the greatest terror this city has ever seen. I've got to stop them.
4: We ain't got much time, boss. Looking the back, Marty's gone already. Yeah, I know, Phil. Gee. Will we look as bad as that when we return to the dead? We'll never know. Besides, right now, we got a little fun ahead of us. Now, when we get to town, shoot and keep shooting at anybody who gets in our way. They're going to remember us when we get done, Phil. Okay, boss. Hey, hey, watch your driving. This is a narrow bridge. You know, it's something's pulling the wheel. I, what? I I, I I can't straighten well, it out. I...
6: <laughs> You'll never straighten it out, Mr. It's X. Shatter! How did he get here? I've been with you since you left your hideout, gentlemen. Here, yeah, let go of the wheel. shadow. So that you can carry on your campaign of Ruthless killing? Oh, no.
4: Hey, he's trying to steer us into the river. Where
6: is he? Yeah, he must be on the running board. Hey, let go, Shadow. Don't be a fool, Shadow. If we drown, you'll drown too. That's not as important as the lives of the innocent people you're planning to kill. Hey, Phil,
4: Phil, I can't hold the wheel much longer. Stop the car. Stop the car. It's too late. It's too
7: late. But Lamar, you might have been drowned, along with your ghostly friends.
6: I certainly might have been, Margot. But fortunately, I threw myself clear of the car before it went over the bridge.
7: You know, Lamont, I've become very attached to you. Oh, don't think for a minute that all our mad exploits together haven't been fun. But I wish that for a while at least we could have a calm, peaceful existence.
6: And we shall have, Margot. We shall have. Mm-hmm.
7: Well, nonetheless, I'm sure you'll forgive me if I hang on to my hat when we start out again next
5: week. <laughs>
0: In just a moment, the shadow will tell you how a real-life criminal met his doom. But first, here's John Barclay, America's home heating expert. Mr. Barclay. Thank
8: you, Ken Roberts, and good evening, friends. Well, now's the time to think about spring cleaning. And when you're cleaning the floors and woodwork, don't forget your heating plant needs cleaning, too. Take advantage of the John Barclay Blue Seal Summer Furnace Conditioning Service offered by the Blue Coal Dealers of America. This service is an exclusive Blue Coal Dealer feature. It's an all-out, all-over electric vacuum cleaning and inspection that gives you ten jobs for the price of one. Here's what you get. First, all soot and dirt is completely removed from the inside of your furnace. Then, all leaks around the joints and doors are sealed. Gauges are checked and cleaned, dampers inspected and adjusted, and boilers drained and refilled if necessary. In short, all vital parts are checked and rechecked and put in tip-top working order. Plan now to have a John Barkley Blue Seal summer conditioning job done on your furnace this summer. A clean furnace will cut your heating costs, and you'll enjoy quick, comfortable heat all next winter. For further details, just phone your neighborhood blue coal dealer tomorrow. I thank you.
0: Today's program is based on a story copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. Characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. And now, fresh from the records of the New York General Sessions Court, we bring you conclusive proof that crime does not pay. New York City, December 13, 1940. Stephen Fleming passes bad check in business deal. Crime Grand larceny in the second degree.
6: New York City, April 1st, 1941. Stephen Fleming sentenced to serve 15 years to life in state's prison. The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs>
0: Next week, same time, same station, the Blue Coal Dealers of America bring you an adventure in which the shadow risks life and limb in a daring battle against the forces of evil. So be sure to listen and be sure to phone your friendly Blue Coal Dealer for greater heating comfort at less cost. This is Ken Roberts saying, keep the home fires burning with Blue Coal. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember,